This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, g'day everybody. Feeling any better? Yeah, I spoke to you before the podcast. Obviously, you know, my voice sounds I think, sounds better than yesterday, which is good, but I still feel terrible. I think uh, the guys in Radio Discord did the same thing yesterday. I think mm. anger at the Broncos got me through longer than I thought it would yesterday, but I've just been doing some solid work for the last hour or two, and I feel like dizzy and weightless a bit, so... We'll be fine. I'll be just talking. So we'll be fine. But once we finish, I'll be real wrecked. Anyway, how are you uh, doing? Uh yeah, good. Um, um worried about the Jackson Paulo Tane Milne experience on Friday, but the game doesn't really matter. So we should okay. talk about Paulo actually. We didn't figure out that he's going to the Roosters, Roosters on the minimum. Yeah. Like crazy. I mean, well, look, he wasn't so his contract ran out with South this year anyway, and mm. uh he wasn't being offered a new deal. And I mean why would he really on the basis of his play this year? But um, yeah, surprising, mildly surprising to see him pop up with the Roosters. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you'd imagine he's just a depth signing, but if they want Suwali to move to center next year, he could end up being a starting winger for them next year, which is crazy. Yeah. Unlikely, but could happen. But I think the nuts thing about, about it is like, he's on the minimum and it's mm. public. They said that for two years and like, he's been pretty bad, but you have to be like the minimum, like no one gets the minimum. You know, no. like, so that's how poor he, like, if the, I know, obviously, for South to put a lot of time into him, but to play 42 first grade games for South, be 22 yeah. years old, and for that to be the best offer he gets. It's weird. Like, he hasn't been great for us, but if you'd seen, like, the Bulldogs or the Titans offer this guy 250 grand, you wouldn't have batted an eyelid. Yeah. And I, what he's gotten given is what I think he's actually worth. I'm not trying to take a shot at Jackson Paulo. Obviously, took his worth, but it's like, he's, you know, been okay, had a lot of mm. poor games, hasn't really developed much. You know, that's what I thought he would be worth. But as you see, like so many guys, you know, back up half sometimes get 250 just to, to be, you know, in reserve grade. So it's bizarre yeah. to think that that's literally it. Maybe he got off a little more somewhere else and took the Roosters deal to try and stick it to South. But uh, it's possible. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Well, but I mean, the fact that game in bizarre. Mate doesn't, doesn't mean he's really in the, the, the plans and it's, for the top. It's not like South said. It's not like South had put him on the scrap heap either. Like he played, he's playing this week for God's sake. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, yeah, I, I thought he w- might be one that just went down the Corey Allen Braden Burns Highway, but no, he's gone to the Roosters. So that's the uh, Chris Walker Highway, I guess. The Chris Walker Highway, yeah. <laughs> well, not the Joseph Hawali Highway, mate. Which I've now found, yeah. been uh, now low, been told that it was the worst transfer business of the last like two years. South letting him go. Oh, really? I thought. Well, I thought the worst transfer business of the last decade was South letting Adam Reynolds go. So it's yeah. nice to know that it's actually a it's, different South player. Yeah, it is, but at the same yeah. time that we we screwed up. Yeah, even the people who were going nuts at the money he was getting paid then. Yeah, S- Souths, how how dare Souths only offer him like the biggest contract ever for a 17-year-old? Like, yeah. what a bunch of idiots. They didn't even try to keep him. They didn't. Terrible. And then he took the biggest contract ever for a 17-year-old. Like, that's he got what he was getting. It's mm. great. And if he goes to rugby in a year or two's time, it will be funny. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, I mean, for that back in that room, I mean, I don't want to talk about reunion much, but if it's $2 million a year for five years, like, why would you not go? Yeah, it's so much, and like he wouldn't, like, and the horseman today, like taking a shot at the ball in play stuff, and also, so like, mate, just leave this code war shit behind. And also, basically, what you're saying is he's getting more money to do less work. We'd all yeah. take that deal. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things. Okay, whatever the NRL or whatever made you think about ball and play, right? 
doesn't yeah. really matter. But obviously the NRL value it right. But that's mm. a metric they use for their game. Rugby union, yes, it exists there, but it's not the same thing, right? It's like like they care, you know, like mm. whatever. Like ball and play hasn't really uh, harmed the international growth of union, has it? And then many other sports as well, right? Like you think football, like if they did a football, you know, a football game and went actually looked at the actual ball and play time, you know, people would be outraged, outraged at it. Like it doesn't really matter. Just the thing they grade themselves on, I think it matters. It's just kind of like comparing, you know, the AFL guys comparing goals and behinds to rugby league. Though there's more points in AFL. And yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a different sport. But yeah, that was yeah. funny. But yeah, said, if he goes, mate, he'll um like if if that was an offer, you have to take it. But also it's five years of far less physical damage on your body, you can come right back, mate, if you want to. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um but yeah, all right. Uh moving on. Uh we've got the NRLW. Uh, back in action. I mean, we'll we'll be getting there early on Friday, I think, for that Roosters Dragons game. Shout out to the stadium, by the way. Half price beers before seven, so like great way to get people to go there early for the women's game as well. Um, yeah. and it will be cracker because there's as we've, I mean, as we've clearly seen through the first few rounds, there's three pretty good teams and three not so great teams, and this is the first time that two of the good teams are playing each other. So fire up! Yeah, it should, it should be a good game. I mean, last we haven't really gone over last week's games, but um, may as well talk about them. Like the Roosters dominated the Broncos. And the Roosters do look like the best team in the comp. I thought maybe the Knights might push for that, but I think they look like the best team. Um, so we get to watch them pl- take on the Dragons this week. And I do think the Roosters will win that game. I think the Dragons might be the best coach team in the league and might be the best team in that regard. But I think the Roosters are pretty still, still pretty well coached and have a lot more uh, talented individual players than the Dragons do. You know, the Dragons don't have an, as many standout individuals as they've had in, had in the past, I don't think. I think they really miss Jamie Chapman. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's been quite a shame because, like, when the men's team was bad, you had the women's team to at least enjoy being good, and now they're just both kind of average. So, oh, well, who's this for? For me? The Broncos. Oh, I didn't just talk about the Broncos then, really. Broncos team, like, I mean, I knew the Broncos women's team was going to be bad this year. That's just it. So I'm not really that upset by it, knowing it's a short season. And they lost all of their good players. So, like, I knew that was going to be an outcome once, you know, they lost three or four of the best players in the competition. Of course, the team's not going to be as good, but we'll see how it goes again next year when they hurt Dins further. You know, yeah. Things will be entirely different again next year. Yeah. And they didn't even need a, well, I mean, a, a revamp to the point system, whatever they want to do to restore. Well, were they, when Brisbane were winning too much and they got really. Yeah, that was ridiculous. As yeah, you said, it was going to take care of itself, and it did. The moment they lost, girls left. But, um, mm. yeah, the Eels played the Dragons. Eels hung around pretty well last week. I yeah, um, thought they, they played tough. And so did the Titans in the Knights game. The Knights bombed and had a couple of looked like fair tries taken off them, bombed about 15 other tries. But, uh, yeah, the Knights, I think they're the, the, the ones I think can cause an upset just because, you know, the other two came to end together for a while. The Knights are still figuring their stuff out with a lot of their changes, but they even though they lost Hannah Southwell, having... Yeah. Millie Boyle, Caitlin Johnson, Upton, uh, Jesse Southwell, with such a such a real strong core of that team. Yeah, it, it does seem like a very much a three horse race. Um so we'll see what happens. We will. Um and yeah, uh Brisbane Titans this week. So you should hopefully get your first win there. Yeah, I mean, I'm at the point now I'm just so up uh, off the Broncos, I don't care. <laughs> just in general, all Broncos yeah. teams can fuck off. 
No, it's just like it's just more the sense that like I've just accepted their fate a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, no, that's know, fair enough. And I accepted the women's fate before the season kicked off. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, understandable. But yeah, it should be there on Friday. Should be good fun. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, mm. We've got the Coltrane Cup uh, for new listeners. That is our weekly show, uh, weekly tipping competition where uh, you pick one team uh, in the in the league and. Mm. Um, yeah, over the course of the whole year, you got to pick each team at least once. And now we are down to three people who can win. Um, uh, it's basically, it's pretty straightforward. So Luke is our current leader. Mm. Uh, he is at 22 wins and two losses with a superior for and against to M, who is also at 22 wins and two losses. And then uh, Mario Siegs, aka Andy, is on 21 wins and three losses, but he has uh, the best for and against of all those 21 win teams. So he can leapfrog Luke because they are their teams are playing against each other, basically. Luke still has to tip the Warriors, and Andy still has to tip the Titans. Uh, the same M- with M? <laughs> no, she can pick anyone she wants, but she has to pick a home team, and all the home... Like, the only options... She's tossing up between the Dogs against the Sea Eagles and the Roosters against Souths. So, Why can't she pick the Cowboys? Because she's picked them three times. Ah, uh, well, that, that, that'd do that. <sighs> yes, yeah. So, basically, the scenario is pretty simple. If the Warriors win or lose by less than three... Uh, and so if M loses and if M loses, Mario can catch Luke. If the Titans win by four or more, uh, if M wins and the Warriors win, Luke wins. And if M wins and the Warriors lose, M wins. How so far is go. M's four and against behind? A hundred and thirty. Yeah. So there you go. That's not yes. flipping. So the, I mean... the the best part about this is because Luke took the Eels last week. His four and against got such a big boost that it's now better than Andy's by seven points because the Sharks only beat the Dogs by sixteen. So there's now a world where, of course the Titans could theoretically win by two points or a field goal and Luke still wins. So that would be very that fun. Is inter- that is interesting. Mm. I'm, I'm here for that. Wrinkle. Yeah. <laughs> the most chaos possible. So that's nice. I mean, it's all basically going to cut, like assuming M picks one of those Friday games, uh, which she will, she can't pick any of the Saturday games and both Sunday games, are the, the home teams are the Knights and the Tigers. So those would be terrible tips. So uh, it will all be settled in the 3 p.m. game on Saturday, which is a game that no one gives a flying fuck about. With nothing but on the line for anyone. Three people. And that's the beauty of the Coltrane Cup because it will make people, makes us at least care a little bit. Uh, yeah, I am also does. tipping the, I have one team left to pick. I can't remember if it's the Warriors or the Titans. I'm picking whichever one I haven't tipped yet. Yeah, oh, no, I tipped the Titans last yeah. week, so it's the Warriors. Yeah. I'm tipping the Warriors. There you go. I'm tipping the Cowboys. Just, okay. um, I had to pick a home team. And I said, I think the Bulldogs, not a bad shout to rack up a score, mainly if it's given up. So. That's true. not a bad shout, but I'll, I'm going to take the Cowboys. Actually, let me double check. I can tip the Cowboys. I think I can. But now you've okay. said that, I have picked. Oh, I have picked the Cowboys three times. Oh, that would have been no. a funny way to do it. There you mm. go. Because so I picked Cowboys twice in the last five weeks, so I can't do that. There we go. Mm. Um, Bulldogs doggies. for me then. Doggies. There you go. So God, giving the dogs twice in a year—that's terrible. It's not, it's not what you want. It's not one what you storm want. pick, one roosters pick. Yeah, dogs twice. My not God. ideal. Oh, well, it's not. Mm. Okay, well, all right, let's move on then. Ra Rookie Takes, that's our other weekly segment where um, we look, uh, where our Patreon subscribers submit uh, some of the worst opinions of the Rugby League week. Um, and uh, we vote on the five finalists. Uh, we wade through the Tigers fan last week who said they wouldn't welcome James Tedesco back because they don't accept mm. uh, traders, even though Benji came back like <laughs> six times. Um, I want to say this is what people, if you're going to submit a rookie take, you have to read the article. If your submission is a headline because Adam Pengilly got nominated for white's time to play all eight games at the same time, 
which sounds mm. insane, but then you actually read the story and he's only talking about the last round, which is yeah, a pretty cool thing. Still sucks. No, it's it it's done in other sports. The NFL does it, the Premier League does it, it's done in all over the world. So I understand that, but it's the Premier League thing's very different. Let's be real. Well, I mean like, it is. It, and so is the, and the NFL does it well, but those sports are much easier to switch between than football than rugby league is. And also fine. How often, honestly, how often does the last week in rugby league matter? That's true, but it matters this week yeah, for like someone. It, oh, I um, know, but in the top eight still. I get, I get the theory behind it, mate. But it's also the difference between the 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 rugby uh, NRL and like the NFL and similar. How are you going to broadcast eight games at once in Australia? Yeah. Also, someone tried to submit the fat. How dare you? How dare you? But yeah, like that. How I was, dare you? I said, it's not the worst take. I get the reasoning behind it, but um, and it gives everyone the same amount of rest for finals as well. But you know, there's other. You know, that's kind of what the Amer- the NFL is for generally, isn't it? The mm. the jockeying positions and also the same amount of rest for everyone. Um, EPL is different. You know, it's generally relegation still up. Title very rarely going that day. But yeah, I mean that's not that many sports that it happens in. It's two, <laughs> you know. It's, I mean, no, it happens in every. Yeah, but it happens in every league in football, though. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I have no idea if the AFL does it. They don't. They definitely don't. No, oh, they don't. And they have a week um, off anyway, you know. So they don't need true. the the, uh, the games to line up. Um. Uh. Okay. All right. But I have our five finals for this week. Uh I. Th- this is cool because if he wins, he can come on and. And accept his trophy, mm. but our Dragons guest host Nathan Brooks has been nominated. The more yeah. I think about it, I'm not buying Penrith resting 13 players. That game cost broadcasters and the Cowboys millions to cover the match, and Far North Queensland fans paying their hard earned to attend. If you're keen to rest your players, do it at your home game. We'd take Brooksy, Brooksy, basing it on on the home ground. Well, I That's mean, I as I get. like, also that this is the thing, right? And this is what I said to him. It's like. Hypothetically, if you were a Broncos fan in, in Brisbane, Mitch, and you were in the Cowboys situation, you're having this great year. It's basically just sort of like a celebratory end of your regular season to enjoy your top four finish. Mm. If you were playing whoever this week, doesn't matter, and you lived in Brisbane and you were going to Suncorp that week to watch the Broncos, and they said, oh, the away team's resting a bunch of players. Mm. Who's who's got, who's suddenly not going? Yeah, this, this feels like more of a Sydney problem. Like if some team was hosting... It was going to get 15Ks hosting Penrith and Sydney, and Penrith did Maybe. this. But if it's if you that home crowd thing, mate, it's like, yeah, you, especially no, in Townsville. Like, no, no, why would they? There's like four Penrith fans up there. That's what I, that's literally what I and said. That, I said and they probably the still 10, go. The 10 Penrith fans in Townsville who who yeah. will have an issue with this. But also, if you're a Panthers fan in Townsville, you'll you go still anyway. go. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, a weird so take on at that max regard. once a year. And, um, uh, all right. We got, if if yeah. the teams don't want them to rest players, they should beat them more. That's also a very That's it, good point. But, and I get what he's saying, the broadcaster thing too. It's like, but come on, mate. The, the, I, I won't cop that as well because I know the broadcasters get origin, but that period of rugby league is five poor weeks of rugby league or more for the sake of origin. I think they can cop a poor week of footy at the end of the year for the sake of the final series. It's also a Saturday game. You know? so. Yeah, but it's, yeah, exactly. Who's missing out? Yeah, uh, Damien Burns in the Mighty Brisbane Broncos Facebook group. For everyone having a crack at Kevy for picking Turpin, he has no choice. Turpin requested it so he can get playing time to earn a contract elsewhere. I love that comment. <laughs> Kevy, he's right. Kevy's powerless. He it's used true. the trump card. He asked to play. Oh. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> oh, my hands are t- Kevy's hands are tight. Yeah. Uh, 
This is from Boreen. Someone tried to cover up the name and did a terrible job. So <laughs> shout out to that person on Instagram. Uh, we don't need politics in sport. And for Albo to cut the COVID isolation is disgusting. As the health experts have said that it with that with it cut down to five days, they still will still be infectious mm-hmm. and it will spread. You know, I've always had a soft spot for Souths, apostrophe S, but seeing that half wit. Now, half wit is two words and the wit part is spelled with an uppercase W and two T's like Michael mm-hmm. Witt's surname is running Souths. Well, that's what it looks like, cutting the isolation for Cookie. I wonder if he would have done it for other teams, brackets. So no more Souths for me, and I have followed them for over 30 years through the good and the bad, and that's my opinion. There's mm, a lot there. Yeah, well, it's good that, that he's done that and Cook's playing on Friday. Yeah. Definitely worth going off your rocker about that beforehand. I could not, like, it's actually, like, I could not believe those story, the headlines on those. Like, did Like, how was that even written that people could feasibly believe that Anthony Albanese intervened with COVID protocols solely so Damien Cook could play in a meaningless round 25 game. Yeah. When they had the, when they lined up the national cabinet a week ago, he just pulled up, up a highlights video of all Cook's tries and was like, we got to have this on yeah. prime yeah. time this week. But, uh, but he definitely, he definitely, you know, predicted that Cook would happen to Cook. And that's why he had already planned it. When Cook got sick, he was like, he had the sure. meeting planned. It was for any South player, really. That's true. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, just ridiculous. Insane stuff. Top, good week this week so far. Uh, Oz Mojo, Sutton absolute flog. Ruined that game. Sends Hess for 10. Why? Graham was back on within two minutes. Clearly no head impact. So why bin? Turning moment of the game by the ref. Absolute flog. All right. The fire Graham coming on again is fair because he's now, I think, missing this game because he's got concussion-like symptoms. But um, yeah, I found this insane that there were people going, oh, I didn't hit him in the head. And you just watch the video and you just like see him get shouldered in the face. Yeah. So I don't know. People are crazy. But, like this is the world we live in with rugby league discourse where people can watch a video of someone getting hit in the head, a video mm. and say he didn't get hit in the head. So you just saw it on this video, but okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like how... We we see ones that not even the ones we slow it down and find knock ons. We saw the Bulldogs against South. Remember that there was a clear drop ball bobble in someone's possession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people were like, oh, but just give it. It's like, what? why? <laughs> <laughs> because this one we feel sorry for the dogs in. Yeah, of course, just a vibes pick. Uh, and GTT, if you're picking on form and fitness, Lodge is in Australia's seventeen, isn't he? I don't know if he's wrong. It just seems on the nose to even mention it. Uh, I mean, I saw someone, there was a buzz ran with that on TV last week, and it's like he... People want to redeem this guy so badly. It's even, like sickening. Okay, not even about redeeming, though. It's like, okay, if he, he has played well. I don't want to usually give that credit, but he's played well the last couple of weeks. But does that mean all of a sudden, like three weeks of football gets you into the Australian side, does it? Yes. Although I guess and, the argument would be that like a bunch of the guys who are better than him are not playing for Australia. But that's, I, know, I get that, but we don't even know that answer yet. And even then, also, it's like, are we sure or, that he makes or, the, t- also, the team? Also, is he allowed to leave the country? I think he's got no charges, mate. Like, he's got nothing. He's not charged with anything, remember? No criminal okay. charges. Uh, but like, you so, know, you think about guys who can play, who can play for Australia. And obviously, we don't know who is playing for Australia, but like, we know, you know, Payne Haas is an option, Tino is an option. They're pretty good. Ryan Madison, you know, Regan Campbell Gillard. Like, you know, that's just right at the top there. Isaiah Yo, Cam Murray will be two in the middles. Jake Turbo might play for Australia. You know, they might Pat Carry on a play for Australia. Like, what are we doing here? You know? 
he won't be back. Lindsay Collins will be fit. You know, Reuben Cotter might play for Australia. And again, I know he's not a prop, but like, you know, he's being named there. Like there's a lot of Aussie middles and I don't know if all of them will play for Australia, but there's a lot of them that still exist that would play origin, sorry, for Australia before him and should play before him, even without Papa Lee. You know, there's like, would the Saifidis play for Australia when they said no to Fiji? I don't know. Yeah. I don't Jai know. Arrow. He's good. Tom, yeah, Tom Flegler has had a good year. They'd probably pick him before him because he's been around rep squads. Like, I know Australia doesn't really reflect the origin team and very often players play for Australia after not playing origin just because of the season they end up having. Like, guys like Hudson Young probably could have played origin this year, but he proved his form over a whole year and will probably end up going to England. Like, I get that one, but like, Lodge, even without the character he is, I don't think you can't have an Australia game for like like four years, right? And you throw a jersey away to a dude who played well for four weeks. Mm. That's what I don't think. And that's even without the character he is, you know, like he's he's been what back playing footy for how many weeks now? Like five, six? Around eighteen, he came back in for them. Right, this dude and was playing like, club rugby union on the, in Brisbane yeah. like yeah. three months ago. Played twenty five minutes of the bench in round twenty, so he has four games where he's like started in a row since. And even some of them, like he only played like thirty or forty minutes. Like yeah, yeah getting one of them Australia. they won by seven hundred points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ridiculous. They have had, they've also had one tough game in that stretch. By the way, yeah. last week against Melbourne, getting getting in though. Uh, before we move on, Chris, Christian Welch, who continues to just be so impressive, has. Mm-hmm. Just destroyed Peter Fitzsimons in a in a Twitter back and forth uh, in response to uh, Peter Fitzsimons' article about the Live Golf Tour being like more evil than Super League and stuff, which is true. Christian Welch said, uh, "Same money funding Live invested in Uber, Boeing, and Starbucks. Are you complicit when you get a ride home or a cappuccino? How far does it go?" I don't recall the same outrage in those companies, but dare a golfer accept the cash on offer and then post a photo of Peter Fitzsimons doing an Uber Eats ad. Hey, there you go. Yeah, I asked you guys earlier. Like, obviously, I'm not a golf fan mm. myself, anyway. But and I and I and I know I, I get it with Saudi Arabia. I'm not an idiot. Yeah, but if that's purely the thing people are mad about, yeah. Well, like, I, as I you said, that, it's everywhere. I took that opportunity with your sincere question to make a Super League crack at the Broncos, and I stand yeah. by that. But I will say, whilst I obviously don't agree with Saudi Arabia and sports washing as well, I'm not entirely sure sports washing works. Because like these teams, mm-hmm. these 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 plays, like we never go ten minutes without talking about Newcastle's owners or Man City's owners, right? Like it's constantly brought up. Like if anything, their involvement with these sporting leagues and sporting competitions and buying teams and creating golf tournaments and stuff is like amplifying the human rights abuses going on in that country. Like, yeah. do you like? I mean, would Peter Simons have written a piece about the atrocities in Saudi Arabia? If no, not for I the think you're 100% no. right, mate. The so like, I, I, I just don't think sports washing works for these players. It might work for like an individual, like a Matt Lodge, for example. Yes. It works for players and stuff. But yeah, I, I've never been of the opinion that sports washing is a particularly successful venture for brutalist regimes to seem softer. Because again, every single time anything to do with Liv or Man City or Newcastle United or when WWE mm. does shows in Saudi Arabia, all that it's always brought up, and it should be, and it should be brought up, yeah. and it's going to be brought up at like the World Cup in Qatar. It's going to be brought up every day. I don't know what they're washing because the things they're doing and or have done in the past are repeatedly mentioned. So I I did laugh at uh, what's his name, Cam Smith, just trying not to say it was all about money. 
At least that there was a dude today. I forget his name. I'm going to quickly open the golf channel in our Discord because it was so money there. and the schedule, which is yeah, the schedule is fair, but mate, come on, we all know. Yeah, Harold. Well, they're playing one fewer round at each tournament, so the schedule does matter. I think it does. But, um, I, I get that, but it's like um, come on, Harold Varner the third. I don't know who that is, but he's obviously mm-hmm. a golfer. Uh, a long sentence. There's a lot, like a like a one page statement, but the relevant paragraph is. And yeah, the truth is, my life is changing. The opportunity the opportunity to join Live Golf is simply too good of a financial breakthrough for me to pass by. I know what it means to grow up without much. This money is going to ensure that my kid and future Varners will have a solid base to start on and a life I could only have dreamt about growing up. It'll also help mm-hmm. fund many of the programs I'm building with my foundation. I'll continue to forge pathways for kids interested in golf. This note is a receipt for that. Yeah, it's true. Like, yes, they're awful, but you can change your entire life and the lives of your great-great-grandchildren by playing golf on the Live Tour for two or three years. I don't begrudge anyone for doing it. Yeah, I, I would have done it if I had the opportunity. I mean, I can't. I don't play golf, but like the same thing, mate. Like I know if They're, I was, I, I think the one with Cam Smith is different because he's like the second in the world. Like he can make money anyway. But if you're yeah. an average golfer, well, that's the thing, race, right? Most of the it. that's why him going is a pretty big deal because, like, for the most part, it's either been like dudes who are kind of over the hill or dudes who aren't that good. Mm. But he as, he just won a major and is really good. So yeah, well, I mean, look, good on him. Get the bag. Before he bailed. You can always come back in a couple of years. It's like the the idea they're yeah. not going to blackball these dudes, are they? Like, yeah. Um, and, and in a weird way, someone said like the PJs had to come to the table with like guaranteed minimums for players, and like they've had to actually bargain with the players about yeah. more money I, and stuff. So I think co- competition's a good thing. There's more, yeah. Obviously, how it's come about isn't, but that's one of those things. You know, I think tennis could do with a bit of a shake of, of its foundations as well. But not, I'm not sure I can deal with if it's going to be Saudi tennis in a year as well. But I wouldn't be shocked by that either, but oh yeah, I think God. better conditions. They would offer they would offer Nick so much money to play Saudi tennis. Yes, and he'd go there for a year, he'd make fifty there. million dollars, and then retire. Of course, and of course he'd do it. He'd how do could it we begrudge him? Why wouldn't he do it? He hates tennis. <laughs> of course he'd do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and again, like I it can't like you know, different people value different things. Like Rory McIlroy, I don't think will ever go to live to a no matter what. He just seems to really hate it. And I think I'd like to think that if. A Saudi Arabian news newspaper offered me double my salary to go and be a sports reporter for them. I would say no. But if they offered me ten million, but if they offered me yeah, is enough. But if they offered me ten million dollars, we'd have to think about it. What's it? And you felt saying doubling my current salary is not enough money to sell out for. No, of course not. But again, yeah, ten million dollars. We'll talk. Yeah, if they want to make this a Saudi Arabian podcast, we'll do it. Just a cool ten milli. We'd probably have no choice. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Talk about Saudi Arabian rugby league. But hey, Ken Smith, it was rather the weird thing how he tried to act like a normal human, how he spoke about his love of rugby league in there. So, well, mate, you can kind of buy half the teams now if you really like it. Like, you know, if that was a, a real thing, you maybe you can just buy the team you like. Why not? That's I'd true. do that. I've never understood being rich and not owning a sports team. Makes no sense. Yeah. Like, Obviously, a lot of them do, but like I've never understood a lot of the Aussies who are really rich who don't just buy an Aussie. You can buy an Aussie sports team, but not that expensive. Yeah, we should buy the Broncos. We should. From okay. news, I don't know if News Corp ever let us buy all of it, but we can I think Ca- Ca- Campo's probably still got the password to the doors and stuff, so we could maybe just <laughs> mess with the financials a little bit, trick them. Sounds or good. All right, excellent. And with that. Very long preamble. Let's get into the questions. Okay. Are you serious? Yeah. We're going to have a minute of questions. 
question time over on patreon.com for just and I'll be rookies if you want to guarantee your question is answered. Uh, Adric, first one. Can Broncos contest for a premiership with Walters and Pakes at nine, or do they need to look elsewhere? Um, um, I mean, probably not, but also maybe. Like, teams have won competitions with one big hole in their spine. It's just that if they have Mam and Walsh firing with Reynolds, maybe. Yeah, I mean, they were winning lots of games with Corey Pakes and, uh, and, and Kevy as the coach, so... No, the thing is Billy Walters, that's about there. But I like Oh, right. Bron- Broncos fans are really panicking about Hooker and, and you know, and it's been terrible they for should. years, but but as they should be, it's been awful forever. But and I'd hate putting chips in a child's basket, you know, or put all my chips in, but like they've obviously they think Blake Moser is the one. Like they obviously think that. They've been talking about him for years. He got re signed this year. They haven't re signed Billy. I think they're trying to re sign Pakes, but it is that's what they're working towards. So unfortunately we all want to play him now, but it's not he's not coming. They're not signing another hooker. So we have to deal with that. So he'll come. But uh I mean the squad the roster's really good. It is a good roster. Um the where they finish has been unfortunate. But it's a strong roster that um I think they've improved for next year, obviously, with the with the signing of Walsh. Haven't lost anybody. And they'll all be fit around one next year, so it should be all right. I wouldn't panic too much about the roster as a Brisbane fan. Yeah, I think you've got a really good team apart from nine. And if this young yeah. dude is who they who they think he oh, is. Mate. I look forward to watching the Queensland Cup final again this year and just basing all my pins off that and saying they should sign like the two or three best players from that game. Where is Jaden <laughs> yeah. Beryl now? He's, He's still the Sharks? He resigned yeah. the Sharks one more year he did. Like He's that's obviously a huge They've 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 a pretty deep like lots of talent and reserve grade two Brisbane still have, which has mm. not been a problem for ages. So I'm not too stressed about the roster in general since Eichen's been there. Anyway, bring next Isaac question. Luke back. Uh, uh, God, that was a dark for years. Every song they made was an old wash man. Anyway, <laughs> Shanta, what's your favorite Disney movie soundtrack from Frozen. 2010 onwards and your favorite all time? Frozen. Your favorite all time as well? Uh okay, so here's the thing with all. All right, so I'm gonna just do both. I'm gonna do one. For, I think Frozen is the answer, but I'll just go beyond the ten year scope for the other mm-hmm. answer. And I think, I th- look. I will say that I think that Mulan has the best individual song of any Disney movie. I'll make a man out of you is the best Disney song in my opinion. But I think the overall best soundtrack is The Lion King. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I also think Jungle Book is really close. Good. And Good I think shot. Aladdin's really close as well. And um, an underrated and modern one doesn't Hercules. fit into the... Yeah, well, Tarzan's also really good. The movie's not Both very good. Both great. Tarzan's a great playlist. Tarzan um, has that Phil Collins song, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's all Phil Collins. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, Moana, honorable mention. About to say, Moana's on for the modern ones, but, but it's Frozen. It's frozen. Frozen's clear. Um, yeah, if anyway. we had if we had kids, I'm sure we we we'd be sick of Frozen by now. But that's that's the one. Might might go uh, watch Frozen after this. Cam Beswick. Six weeks ago, I thought adding Reese Walsh to this Broncos team would make them top four and at least a prelim in 2023. Now I'm not so sure. How's your faith on next year? Is that a question for both of us on the Broncos or respective teams? Well, I think both of us on the Broncos. Oh, so. well, I think you'll be really. I think they'll be really good next year. I really do. Yeah. Like yeah. Reese Walsh, she's been terrible. Fantastic yeah. upgrade. Like Tamara Martin does some good things defensively. He's better than Tessie New. No one's arguing. And Reese Walsh will the ball as well. But, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. But Reese, what Reese Walsh will bring in attack, and he'll at least try in defense. 
Um, Correct. He might get run over a hundred times, but he'll get run over. <laughs> he'll try. He'll be there. He'll be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, just need a hooker. Other than that, I'm, I think the team's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they've kept everybody else. They haven't really announced what Corey Oates has accepted, but apparently he's staying as well. So it's like they've kept everyone. Um, you're hoping, I think, that Kurt Capon is in better shape. It looks like that they're finally dropping Jordan Ricky tomorrow. Wow. Sorry, for, uh, the week's weekend. He didn't train in his spot. Only took two years and one final embarrassment. But, yeah, they have some good guys outside of that roster that haven't played first grade yet or have played but haven't played much. Like they... Paid Xavier Willison a bit of money to keep him. They paid Brendan Pierre a bit of money to keep him. They have TC Rabadi who hasn't played a lot. It's a really strong and deep roster. And it's allowed to be deeper than what it has been the last couple of years because they've got like they haven't spent a lot of money on their spine, even though they spend on Reynolds. Ezra's still on a rookie deal. And the reports of, of Reese Walsh is like four hundred K. You know, which isn't a lot. But I think a lot of really depends on what happens with Payne Arcee's offseason. And I'm not confident he's a Bronco round one next year. Yeah. That leaves a big hole. They have got depth in the middle, and Carrigan, you know, Flegler would start then, I guess, and then Carrigan would be lock. But then you're asking someone else, like a Corey Jensen, but then someone to step on the bench and do a job. So I'm not sure there. It's a really strong roster. I'm top four. I'd love to compete for, but we've mentioned this many times with Brisbane. It's just, just the way they've not been able to handle the the Origin period like other teams have. I feel like top six is what I want as a Brisbane fan again. You know, they haven't yep. been a top four side very often. So top I think it's a reasonable, great. reasonable expectation. It is. Sure. And um, as the Tyson Gamble interview said today, it's kind of like Adam Reynolds. This is not my words. It's Tyson Gamble's. Adam Reynolds is the tactical coach. Kev, he's the motivator. And the guy selects the team. And they were doing well for a while this year. I think if the Kev team selection is a bit better next year, they should, again, get into that groove despite, you know, Kev not being the world's best, best tactical coach. So yep. I'm fine for next year. Just this the way this has ended has been really embarrassing. Um, okay. And Cam Beswick also asked, what are some of your favorite speeches or monologues in movies? Okay. So I'm going to assume that you can't just do the one you recited <laughs> last week as your answer, but that is a great one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the scene in Google Hunting where they're sitting on the bench, your move chief. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Al Pacino's speech before the last game at any given Sunday. Yeah, me and Campo yell that one at each other quite a lot. Um, uh, that's two. Uh, let me have another. Let me have a think. I'm sure you've got some answers. Yeah, well, I mean, Samuel L. L. in Pulp is always going to be one of them, but that's mm. obviously we've <laughs> um, done that. But you can handle the truth. Yeah, the great whole one. speech. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh. What's it called? Uh, Full Metal Jacket. When? Oh was- yeah, 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 yeah. Many a time ripping sheds off a private pile. Um, the him. first scene in Inglorious Passes where it's just all Christoph Waltz. Very good. Uh, you said Goodwill Hunt- Hunting already, didn't you? I said the bench scene, but you could also do the thing where he's talking about say, the, yeah. the the scene where he's talking about the like the terrorism stuff as well. Like that one's great too. So yeah, hundred percent. I'm going to say that. Uh, and also you've, uh, the bench scene's the best one in that Goodwill Hunting. He also has a good scene in uh, Dead Poet Society as well. Uh, Robin mm. Williams does. He's got quite a few good ones. Um, not as much of an, it's iconic, but I wouldn't say it's as the same level because you know, people don't treat it as the same level, maybe. But I do think Heath Ledger's uh, scars thing in in The Dark Knight stuck around forever. Great, you know, I got these scars. great one. My father, yeah. great yeah. one. And yeah, Candle the Truth, a few good men, by the way. Um, great movie. Oh, I haven't seen it in a while. Great one as well. 
it's not really a speech, but I, I've always loved the end of um, uh, Blade Runner. Mm. Uh, you know, the one thing about, what is it? They watch sea beams glitter in wherever in the dark and then said all those moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain. Good one. Mm. Um, um, that's, and I, I mean, the scene in Taxi Driver is talking in the mirror. Yeah, there's. It's I mean, there's, there's. I think we have to have more categories, like because we could yeah. do this all day. But it's like we really could. You know, are we? Are we saying? You know, there could be best narrator monologue. You know, That's that could be like, well, like Goodfellas. Yeah, but I was about to say two. I was going to say was Goodfellas and Shawshank Redemption. I was going to go those two. You know, best narrator narrator monologues. There's one. You know, or best you know line or two. You know, best in you know actual on on screen speech. There's lots of different things you can do there. So lots to go. Oh, another good one. Oh, Training Day. Oh, um, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh. That's another really good one. That's a great one. That's poor um, for me, forgetting that. Yeah, we should have got there. Um, what is it? Uh, the Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now one? Oh, Napalm yeah. in the Morning. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the movies where I watched when I was like really young, like 15, 16, and I haven't seen since. I need to rewatch it. You do. I remember when I first watched this. It happens sometimes. I, I watch a lot of old movies as a teenager, but there's just a few that didn't. I didn't like that much when I was like 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. I only rewatched the fourth to do. And Apocalypse Now is one of the ones I liked a lot more when I got older. But, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's enough. We could probably do that for hours. Cool. Um, <laughs> Kyle Robson, when are the 21 vibes hoodies being printed? Oof, tough times. I mean, it could, be, it could be a Panthers fan saying you want 21 vibes. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, here we go. Sam asks, what are your top three favorite field goals of all time from non-spine players? Well, I know you're okay. number one. Well, yeah. I mean, Nathan Merritt. Yeah. Um, I don't think about this because like, you think about all the great field goals that have been hit, and a lot of them are by spine players. But one that wasn't yes. was the Trell Mitchell's golden point one for the Roosters against the Storm from like 40 meters out. He was playing in the centers that day, so... Yeah, Can't that was that. a good one Cut. because they also um they did the the fake Cooper Cronk the Cronk yeah exactly um and that's I guess I think that adds to it as well is the fact that like that team had Cooper Cronk in it and um someone else kicked a winning field goal which is crazy um and then, and then there you go uh I was trying to think of some other ones um I got some okay yeah you go I mean Val Holmes has hit a few but like none of them have particularly no, like, wowed me Nathan Kalis mate left foot oh. against the dragons yeah that's like, a good shot like he, he, he bloody oh my god I forgot my uh, Paul Gallon. yeah Paul Gallon's gonna be another one and Kurt Capewell's this oh. year as well but like well, Nathan Kalis being the wrong he didn't know what foot he was mm. and just pulling up on like fourth tackle you know they were down by one four minutes to go pulling up on fourth tackle having a crack zero pressure because obviously they didn't expect Nathan Kalis to kick it was great and then like a minute or two later Luke Burke won the, won the game with another field goal yeah that was a great one just because like that was the first time I'd seen a person who wasn't supposed to kick a field goal kick a field goal. It's happened yeah, a bit more been, now because yeah. guys have a bit more skill execution than they did then. Like, um, and uh, I mean, not not NRL, but when Pat Richards kicked that one in the Super yeah. League off one step from like the sideline, forty meters out, that was sick. Yeah, I think there was a like a South back rower did it like in like the eighties as well, kicked a big field goal from memory. I can't remember who though. I remember seeing it on one of those like classic game things. I can't remember. I don't know if you knew that one, but yeah, no, I only care about premierships. If it happened before, like yeah, the NRL era, and it's not just the number of premierships South one, I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, fair enough. I'm not one one for the '80s either. But yeah, Paul Gallons is pretty pretty funny. They're they're very rare in rugby league for non 
spine players just for the situation. Only ever really happen when play breaks down. And Bellheim's most of Bellheim's is like yeah, their go to guy. <laughs> yeah. He is. That's kind of they, they've got. That's kind of going to be underrated for them in the finals. They've got so many field goal options, the Cowboys. It's it's the worst thing that South have. Yeah, outside the no right winger. <laughs> no shit. Like, the trolls good Jackson at it. Paulo kick field goals. If he could, maybe he can stay. Like, like we're not saying the trolls not good at it. He is, but it's like you need another option. Yes. Because when he's not hitting I've them, never, he just keeps taking them and not hitting them. Cody like <laughs> almost never. I can't really remember him attempting any in games either. So yeah, I, I guess why would he when he played with Adam Reynolds for most of his career? Exactly. So I don't know if he's ever, he's ever kicked one either, but there's other sometimes. Ilias, fucking have a dig. What are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it's not even about having a dig. It's like just being a second a guy. Gig. Yeah. That was the worst yeah. thing they did. But yeah, it's like Ben Hunt didn't kick one for like a decade either. Like mm. sometimes guys just don't kick field goals. Mm. Hunt was we were though because he kicks a lot more than um your mate uh Cody Walker does. But Hunt's only got one for his entire career still. That's crazy. Almost 300 games. He kicked it for the, in a loss, by the way. He kicked it for the Dragons against the Sharks to be up 9-8, and they lost. There you go. <laughs> That's his one field goal. Uh, well, uh, next question, anyway. Uh, not so mature student. Do you think the Eels board keep flip-flopping on Brad Arthur? Because every time they see the team, at least they lose faith in someone who spells Jacob wrong. It's <laughs> mean. It is but mean. funny. Um, yeah. I, I think Brad Arthur's doing a pretty good job still. And so I, do like, I. At least I, only one team gets to win the comp every year. I've said it for a sh- while. Do they forget how shit they were like every year before he turned yeah, up, by the way? They exactly. win wooden spoons every other year. Yeah, we've said it a few times on this podcast as well. It does feel like that relationship might end soon, but it just feels wrong. It's like, and again this year, they didn't look like they had period to this year looking really poor. And they had some really poor losses, but throughout the year, they did beat the Storm and Penrith when they had their players. And they've finished the year now that they're playing for the top four this week. I don't know what you can complain about. That if that's a bad Brad Arthur year now, like, what are you doing? And she said, only one thing to win the comp. And, you know, I do think the Eels roster is pretty good, but it it doesn't look like a competition winning roster. He's doing his best with it, you know. And then now next year they've lost. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's also part of him maybe wanting to move on if they don't have full faith in him, if I was in his spot. But, you know, next year they've, not got Reed Marnie and um, they've replacing him with Josh Hodgson. They're not got Isaiah Papali'i. They have kept uh, Madison and Lane, but those are two giant losses. And even though Marnie hasn't had the best year, he's finished it quite well. But Papali'i is one of the best forwards in the world. So, you know, he's done pretty good. It does feel like Borden might get him there, though. They might just get rid of him. Yep, that's true. I'd love him at Brisbane. That's an yeah, that'd not, be great. Not very great. Often, not, yeah, not very often you want to coach It's you know, being let go somewhere else in rugby league. Very often you, you get them when they're first crack or that, you know, they're not good. But uh, I'd, I'd love Brad Arthur at Brisbane. Okay. Over on to Discord for the rest of the questions. Uh, okay. Not that many here today, which is good because I'm quite tired now. Uh, Eddie NZ. Oh, well, Emma asked this last week. We didn't ask it, and it's a good one. She said, what's the worst thing you've ever put five times the effort into unnecessarily? Which is funny. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, but this... Relative to what, though? That's Oh, I, probably back in when you were a kid and you'd, like, change all the names on, like, FIFA or whatever to be, like, the, like your soccer team and stuff, like stuff you do when you were, like, 9 or 10. Like, a lot of, a lot of effort put in for, like, no real payoff at all. 
Yeah, and then you have to do it again if you want to do it next year. I never really changed the names, but it's like I, I had definitely done like creator player stuff when you spend forever. Yeah. yeah. And then just gone in, in like tears in the rain, mate, the next year. Mm. Anyway, Eddie NZ asked a question, and this is definitely more for you, Bungers. Who's taking oh. the bigger L's lately? The Broncos or CM Punk? Uh yeah, something weird going on with CM Punk there. I don't know, Isn't like, he always weird. Yeah, but like there's been a lot of reports recently there's like backstage heat with some people at AEW wrestling and he just had a title fight. He came back from injury and there's people speculating whether squash, I knew that. He got squashed in three minutes. So yeah, he is taking more L's than the Broncos. Lately. The Broncos did beat the Knights a couple of weeks ago. So Yeah, yeah. there you go. But uh yeah, he got squashed. We're not explaining people who are not wrestling. Oh, so basically what happens like a lot of the time when you've got like one dude who you're building up as this big star, when they first go on their little run, you'll feed them like nobodies, usually called jobbers, like weaker opponents who they just beat in like 60 seconds to look strong, right? But it's very, very rare for that to happen in like a title match. And it's exceptionally rare for that to happen in a title match to someone of CM Punk's pedigree, who's one of been one of the most famous wrestlers on the earth for the past 10 to 15 years. So yeah. he came back from injury in a big world title match and he lost and got squashed by Dean Ambrose in two minutes. And it's like Dean Ambrose is like a big guy. They're like both just like normal sized dudes. So yeah. Yeah. It was that's weird. I did see like um, it was very weird. It was really weird. I did see it because I was like people talking about I want to see what happened. I did I did see the end of that fight and I saw they have in AEW to have their all time winning records on the screen. And man, they don't let the good guys lose anymore in wrestling, do they? No, Ambrose is like he's like four was like forty seven and three or something. Yeah. They, like I don't watch wrestling anymore as every, as you know i still keep up on a little bit watch check it out now mate our, our mate grayson but it's like the guys at the top just stay there forever now hey it's true mm. once you get there that, which is boring to me as a fan i know you don't want, always want heaps of people to change either i know it's all about business and all that garbage too but for dean ambrose to not have been the world champ but to have like four losses he's just only wrestling to win like they're not he's not wrestling every week is he no. Uh. Yeah. That. I don't think. Yeah. I don't know exactly how it works. Like house shows and stuff. I'm not really yeah. sure. I don't. Yeah. I, I. I come and go. Like with my watching of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. He never loses yeah. now. So it's interesting. There you go. Um. Brenton, is there any better feeling than being at the ground on a sun- sunny afternoon, drinking hand, watching a footy team rack up a score? Uh. No. It's pretty good. Um. I prefer yeah. night games. <laughs> I do too. But like. This is the thing. We we've we had some recent impassioned arguments with friends of ours about Lockout Oval and just these games type of games in general. It's like as a social as a social thing, yes, it's fun mm-hmm. to like go to the pub before and then stand on the hill at Leichhardt and drink tins of beer or whatever. But like there's a reason I enjoy that. It's because when I go to Leichhardt, my team is not playing. Mm. And it's just like it's a fun social activity. As a rugby league watching experience, it fucking sucks. Yeah. And it has always sucked. And I have no idea why we have to keep having these arguments every year. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, mate. Like, like, and also, I, like, I like the other suburban grounds a bit more. We've said this. I don't know why I talk about Leichhardt, but here we are. But I like them because well, I think because Brent's referencing the fact that he's coming up to Leichhardt. No, wasn't he, re- no he, was re- he was referencing last weekend, right? Canberra. Could be both. Yeah. Oh, they'll be racking up another score this Sunday. Yeah. But um, they probably will be. You'd expect them to. Anyway, um, yeah, I like. I do like all types of rugby league life. Going to the footy sick, obviously it is. Mm. But uh, I don't think if you give me the experience of watching the Broncos win at Suncorp, 
full on a Friday night over Leichhardt on a Sunday afternoon. It is not close. Not remotely close. Uh, next question. Uh, Docky G. Oh, here we go. Not wanting to come across as sexist here. It's a genuine question. So here we, we're in for trouble here, Bungard. Should women's rugby league field be a bit smaller? Watching them score in the corner and struggling to make the conversion from the sideline got me thinking, is it possible and should it be considered? Um, I think the if you were going to make a change, uh, the change you would make would be making the ball slightly smaller. Yes, that's what, I would that's what the yeah. WNBA does, right? Uh, I don't know. But the, I just think the, it's just a thing like that's not. That's what I was saying. Like, women have thing. smaller like, hands on average than smaller feet. They're smaller yeah. people. That's just, it's okay. Yeah. But yeah, I think the field size thing, I don't think this is a thing that me and you and Docky G aren't the ones who should be making that decision. No, that is true. <laughs> you know, how, I, see I, how the, the girls I also who, don't, who play the game feel about the it. The thing about yeah. conversions is fair enough. But also, like, I mean, yeah, I don't watch these games and think that they need improvement. I've, Thoroughly enjoyed the NRLW last couple of years. So, like, uh, no, I'll say the game has I improved think that, a lot in that time. I'm happy, I'm, I'm happy oh no, I that. meant like no, no, no. I meant I didn't mean standard wise. I meant like watching it and thinking we need to change this and that, like rule wise. Yeah, well, I mean, I, say, I, I enjoy watching it a lot because uh, we said last week the, the commentary is far less agenda driven. People just calling the game as they see it, even though some of them are not as talented as the calls of the NRL games. They'll learn. But I, I think that standard's improved out of sight in like four years, four or five years, like a couple of years ago. Like sure. honestly, backline movements were rare. Brisbane were the only team doing them. But they've improved at such a rate of knots. The competition now, like the ball movement's getting really good. The kicking in general's got lots better. I remember going to a or, one of the origin games, you know, the women's origin, like six or seven years ago, and the blues halfback couldn't kick the ball twenty five meters. And I wasn't not her fault, but it was like, you know, she played the sport part-time playing other sports part-time you know and they're still part-timers now but a lot more of the girls coming through at 17 18 19 have been playing footy for their whole teen years not having that weird experience that a lot of girls have where they don't get to play it as a teenager you know they'll go that's a great point not a school sport or a club sport for them as an option then it's not an option until they hit all ages again they get to play it till they stop playing with the boys when they're young and then they can't play it for like six years yeah and, and also now, i think yeah go on but you keep going keep going yeah, but I think that's the girls coming through now are much more skillful and we're getting better goal kickers and some of them haven't been great, but I wouldn't say that'd be a reason why I'd make any changes at all. But the no. they'll get better, mate. That's that they are getting better, you know, and they will in two or three years' time they'll have goal kickers who are decent from the sideline. Um, and also there. logistically, it would be an absolute nightmare to have two sets of lines mm-hmm. that are slightly different, different. on all yeah. the field, like it would be a nightmare, like. As someone who's like, you see it all the time when like there's like soccer markings on a, on a field with the or like AFL markings and players get confused and all that stuff. Like, imagine if there's two sidelines running like parallel to each other, like um, yeah. three meters apart. Like, I don't think field side's an issue, mate. Like, we yeah, neither do play I. full field from what thirteen. Yeah, I, I, you start playing field field soccer when you're eleven. So yeah, it's twelve yeah. or thirteen, whatever it is. But that's like yeah, like at that size, you know, all of us are five foot nothing then. You know, some of us be that's fine. It's not the field size is. I think the if I was changing anything, it'd be make the ball a bit smaller. That'll be all I'd change. But, um, yeah, like same MB, like WNBA needs to make the hoop lower. That's a whole pride thing. But that's like, well, you know, it's if more of them could throw down sick dunks. That's it. Like that's yeah. just that's all. Well, make the hoop lower. That's not a. It's like none of you are seven foot. <laughs> you know, but oh well. 
Um, next question. He also says, relating the first question more for Bungard, should women's goals on football be a bit smaller as women naturally are not as tall as men? Yes, that one I do agree with. I do think they so should be slightly I. smaller because you quite often see goals conceded just by like the ball going over the goalie's head. Yeah, that I mean, it's like on, and again, that's not a thing you want to take shots on, but how many of the women can jump from the center of the goal to cover the top left corner or top right corner? Any of them? Not sure. Not sure, yeah. not many. But yeah, I'm with you. I think it should be smaller in that as well. I think the ball can say the same size in women football. Yep, but, I agree with that. Um, Okay, next question comes from Harvey the Unbanned. He said, did anyone have Matt Moyle and Nico Hines forming one of the most complimentary halves combinations in the comp on their bingo card at the start of this year? And has they played again um, the best argument for Fitzgibbon to win Dallium Coach of the Year? Well, I mean, one of us was very pro-Sharks at the start of the year, Harvey, so I thank you for your very handsome question. But mm. um, I'll be any Sharks again next year, mate. It's part of the bit. I know. Oh. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I don't think I was particularly high praise, like high on my Moylan praise preseason. Like I think I, think I probably talked up Braden Trindle a little bit more mm. as being a potential house partner to Zuko Hines. So even I, who said the Sharks would be good this year, can't take credit for that. But yeah, I think he's he's coach of the year. He's coach of the year. Easy, I think I think it's Todd Payton. Yeah, they've come know. from further. Yeah, but he was also the coach last year. I know. I get that. But they've come from further and, mm. and then whatever they've gone up here. Like I know he's the coach last year. too. I think the coach of the year is um, in the top but, two. But yeah, I do think Moylan's had a cracking season and it's quite funny that like that's a guy who got credit for nothing for like a decade. He's having a great yeah. season and, and now no he's one cares anymore. Really well and no one gives a shit. It's great. Yeah. But he's just a lot of for Moylan's fitness too though, right? I think he's always had pre- he's been pretty handy at five out the last couple of years, just real fitness issues, you know, for, for a number of years now. Like I think he's had a winning record at the Sharks every year when he's played or oh, more made a difference to them. But yeah, Hines mm. and him, you know, Hines is still learning. We still say that sometimes in the, in the tougher games that he's still learning as a half, but he's, you know, taken that job on pretty well and, and performed every week. And uh, yeah, we'll see how they go. I, I do still do have concerns about their kicking game as well, but you know, they're, they're both pretty good. Been a good halves pairing. And uh, uh, the funny thing with Moreland is like, yeah, the, even Sharks fans aren't really that comfortable with extending him. People always want better, but it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to get this. Like, he's staying for two years. It's the right move. Like, yeah, he's boring, you know, but he's been really good. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, good he's on been him. really good for them. Yeah, and he's, you know, defensively much stronger than he used to be. So, yeah, he's... um true. He's improved that aside. Yeah, I think it's more, we look around the comp again now, though, and it's more that there's not many great Haas pairings left that's also helped them rise up that list of good Haas pairings. My God, look, you look at the ladder, you're like, who has good halves? Nobody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Next question comes from six again. Should the 18th man be more like the NFL system where it's a straight injury sub, kick in at one concussion regardless of foul play or continue as is? Yeah, I, th- I I find the current system a bit ham-fisted. I don't really see the point of it. It happens. It comes up so frequently. And the fact that Brisbane had... Two guys concussed on Friday. Had and a guy in hospital. In hospital he was and in hospital use it. for Christ's sake. Yeah. Oh, because he got hit in the throat instead of the skull. Fantastic. And, and I know some of the reason why they didn't want to let it have it, like let teams take advantage of it, right? But Brisbane were in a spot where they could have taken advantage of it and they still didn't. Yeah, because you get a free interchange for foul play anyway, right? Just can't be the eighteenth man. So yeah, but, but it was more like they were in a situation they could have just faked flagless HIF. That's what they were I'm saying people are worried yeah. about. Yeah, they could have just faked it, and they would have. We got. They didn't. He went to hospital. And I remember people, 
I remember, like, I, I never really cared when people go, oh, people are going to game the system. It's like, they're going to game it to do what? Get a guy who wasn't good enough for their team to, like, play 12 minutes? Like, what What do you like mean? Like, one extra sub. Yeah, oh, like, shit. Uh, like, who, who was your 18th man on last week? I can't remember. Tessie knew. No, Tessie's this week. Uh, maybe Corey Pakes. No, he wasn't maybe. in the squad either. I don't know. No, the point is, right, for example, ours is Blake Taft, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah. South's... South pretended to have three head knocks to forwards, so Blake Taft could come oh. on and play thirteen. Yeah, ours was Del Hoiter. Like, oh, there you go. No, well, all, then, yeah. Well, that back stayed on anyway. What was going to change? Yeah. He could play halfback. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that's, as you said, that's my argument for it. It was like, what? Like, who's this team who's like keeping this? Who's this, this magical player up, their, up their sleeve? Yeah, that one game where they're losing, or they want a free and a change, or whatever they're going to go. Like three concussions. The, the, the way people carried on about this one at first go juice, they acted like teams that have had like a 2012 Ben Barber just waiting in the wings to come on. Yeah, and it's when, been used you know, like they twice, don't. but as you said, Brisbane literally lost all four of their bench last week and couldn't use it because two, only two of them were not were HIA. Do you remember who the first eighth man was? I only remember this because I was like, this will be a trivia question. No, but he went back on though. Oh, sorry, he didn't. Xavier Harris didn't count. No, he didn't. Yeah, so so he was the first one. one. No, I can't remember the actual first one. It was, I'm 90% sure it was Brandon Wakem. Yeah, but uh, Xavier Savage was using correctly. So they yes, that's right. They, that they retroactively taken off. Yeah, His so cap got taken away as well. It did. Yeah, but it's an interesting one with that 18-man stuff. But it's like, yeah, Brisbane in that game was a great example of like, like Flegler went to hospital. And like, you think the club would really fake someone going to a hospital to try and get that interchange? Yes, it wasn't for because I'm customers. cynical and I think everything's a scam. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I hopefully they look look into that because um like again I, I'm honestly not even against the idea of teams having more like HR like having more than one option in that spot. Like say, you know, your team you've got three concussions, right? And all three of them happen to your hooker, your halfback, and your five eight. Mm. You know, and your eighteenth man's Del Hoyter, like we had. That doesn't help you anyway. I'm, I'm, no, not, I'm not against the idea of having like here's a backup forward, a backup back, and a backup half. Honestly, I'm not. Like, because I don't. To me, as you said, it's not rorting. Like teams have their best teams out there. You know, they have their it's best true. players out there. So I don't, I don't know if they'll look into that. But yeah, I've never once thought, gee, I hope Brisbane can get someone else on the field that's not in the on the team now to fix this right now. Um, next question from. Harvey again. If there's night signing of Tyson Gamble, proof that their recruitment decisions are dictated by Joey John's fantasy dinner, <laughs> dinner party guest list. Um, potentially, but they would have signed Victor Radley on like a four million dollar contract by now if that were the case. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Hey, like uh, the Tyson Gamble stuff so funny. He's a great fit to go up there. It's like perfect fit. But yeah, you kind of want more as a Knights fan. Looks like he's never go there and be your first choice. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the next Jake Clifford, Summer saying. Yeah. Uh, two more questions. Adam asks, can you recall a team, a time, another team, any sport has bottled a season like the Broncos? Uh, yeah. There has to be. You got there's a lot. The um, uh, I got a few. Um, the Chargers who didn't make the the playoffs the, with that's the best the every, defense and offense in 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 the, but they, they had the best offense and defense in in the NFL and didn't make the playoffs. Um, the the Seattle Mariners basically every year in the MLB in the last decade have been like among the playoff like like their playoff percentage has at various points been like 
90% or something and they failed to make the playoffs every year in like the last 15 years or something. Um uh when yeah, the char- that that charges video where they were the best att- offense and the best defense and didn't make the playoffs is fantastic. It is. The Dragons have a real knack of doing it, but not this level. Like, if you look through, remember the last few years when, like, 2015 wasn't it? They were eight and four and then lost from there. They've had a few years, though, they've been like that, the Dragons. They did that for a long time. But yeah, it's not in rugby league, very rare. But it's in other sports, it happens. It happens in other, in other sports sometimes, just with the way, like, there's sometimes teams with really good records that make the playoffs in the NFL. It doesn't happen very often, but there has been years when a team with like 11 wins has missed the playoffs, 11 and six. So 11 and five then, mm. which is pretty ridiculous NFL record. Considering some years, you know, a division leader from one conference might go, get him with seven wins and the wild cards might miss with 11 wins. So. Yeah. And there's also the Red Sox in that, do you remember that game 162 year? No. So all right, there was a year in, it's a lot of people call it like the greatest day in Major League Baseball history, like regular season wise. Cause like, um, they're like a bunch of teams basically could still make the playoffs or miss out on the 162nd day of the season. Oh, which also is when all the games are at the same time. So another point for me. Um, mm. And in 2011, uh, I'm just pulling up an article on it now. So in September, so early September, the season, the regular season finishes at the end of September. In September, at one point, the Boston Red Sox had a 99.6% oh, yeah. chance to make the postseason. They won seven out of 27 games in the month of September. And, and including the last game of the last game of this, the one sixty second game, um, the Yankees played Tampa Bay, and like Yankees were leading seven nil, and Tampa Bay came back and yeah. won. And the Red Sox were playing the Orioles, who were terrible at the time. And the Orioles, uh, uh, and like the Boston gun closer blew a save in the bottom of the ninth inning, and the Orioles won. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one I remember very vividly because it used to be one of the dumb arguments against Bill Belichick. If you remember this, 2008 for the Patriots. Yeah. When people were like, oh, you know, they lost Brady for one year. They didn't make the playoffs. And Matt, they won 11 games. They won, yeah, they won 11 games with Matt Castle. And like one of their losses was in overtime that year. But they, yeah, won 11 games, went 11 and five and didn't make it. It would normally get you in. It would get you in. Like, I mean, it's, I think it's the best record you know in like the last 50 years in the nfl not to make the playoffs there's those teams back in the middle of nowhere that won like 11 it went like 11 and 2 didn't make the playoffs but like that was like when they had like four teams in the playoffs so i think that is that best the best record and that was a big one but that boston team not making it is ridiculous both in boston they, get, they, they both get their good they both get their wins the rest of the time though, mate. i don't feel That's so true they've had enough sports. you don't need to they have but there's been other like it happens in nfl all the time that a team will be like seven and oh and blow. well the 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 ravens were the number one seed this like Last but they year. lost that was lamar jackson got injured that was why yeah. like it wasn't like yeah. and they didn't win another game after he got hurt they were eight and three number one seed in the afc yeah. didn't make the playoffs finished eight and nine but yeah um yeah again we also thought they'd make it but they had so many other injuries because those you had lamar killed it but they had so many other injuries that they didn't that was it they couldn't win via their defense either you know and huntley's um, not a bad backup He's they have to win a game though, it's crazy. Just kept losing by one yeah. score to everybody. Um, if people yeah. like gambling, uh the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, MVP, John Harbaugh into, coach. Into, yeah, it's like five hundred to one on Ladbrokes, fellas. Get in there. Do it. Should. We're all we're gonna we're gonna we're actually we're gonna buy Saudi Arabia on the winnings. We are. <laughs> yep, we're using the Patreon money to put that multi on. Yeah, we're putting every every last cent. Correct. 
So sorry for the cold train cut. Whatever, should we can't afford the prizes? But we'll give you a betting coupon. But yeah, oh yeah, D- Duggan's going on going to the uh the grand final last year's cold train cup. Yeah. Oh, there you go. He, Good. Last, last, last year, year obviously of being a bit of a yeah, a bit of a COVID year. But mm. he's 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 from up in Townsville. I think he lives in. So he's already he already planned on Does going. He? His mates, I didn't so. know that. And maybe yeah. the Raiders will be there. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, last question. Mm. Oh, this is a tough question. V8 Tiger 1988. What is the best movie sequel that is the third or higher? Toy Story 3. That's a good answer. Um, Cars 3, also great. Cars 2 is not that good. Have I seen Cars um, 3? I don't think I've seen Cars 3. It's pretty good. Um, uh, Return of the, the King. Because they don't have to be the best in the series, right? They just have to be a good movie, right? He said... What's the best? No, you said what you didn't say. What's the best? You said what's the best movie sequel? That's the third or higher. Yeah, yeah. So it can be like okay. Well, that's yeah. So Return of the Jedi, uh, Return of the King, Return of the King. Um, uh, the, oh, Dark Knight Rises is pretty good. Yeah. Um. Uh. Last Crusade is awesome. Um. But again, I think because a lot of people think Toy Story Three is the best one, right? Yeah, so, I, think Toy Story I don't. Is I think Toy Story One is better, yeah. but they're both awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of a series where the third one is the best one or one that's late. like just because oh, they're count, there's 700 Bond movies, they're not really sequels though. I think they? it counts. It I count, don't think it, it counts. John Wick 3 was good. Well, is Return of the King the best Lord of the Rings movie? Yes, I think so. Yeah, that's probably so, the answer. Yeah, well, actually, Prisoner of Azkaban might be the best Harry Potter movie. Is it the third, the third one? one? That yeah. is the third one. Well, he said third or later, so you could pick any of the later yeah. ones and say that they're the best one. Yeah, true. three and four you are both awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if you can count like Daniel Craig's third. I think you'd be right, but I don't know if that counts generally. John Wick. Oh, John yeah. Wick's good, by the way. The third one, they're all good. It's great. They're all good. Um, okay. The first like two Thor movies suck, and all all my movies suck to me now anyway. But the third Ragnarok's pretty good. That's, That's like good. That's one, actually a really good answer. Yeah. Um. um uh, what else is good in trilogy? It's so hard. It's so hard for like so many sequels are just shit. Yeah, like, Hangover two and three were awful. All the all the Matrix movies after the first one were bad. Yeah. Um, the, the second Zombieland movie I saw when it came out, I was psyched for it because I loved Zombieland one, but it was just like, yeah, this is fine. Like whatever. Like they're just. Oh. It's so hard to get up for more than one. Uh, Gold Member. There you go. There's there's the best Austin Powers movie. That's the third one. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's no. Spy Shagby not... is the best one. No, I'll just it's close enough. Well, Goldmember is the third one, but yeah, it is. I can't believe they never made another Austin Powers movie. By the way, they yeah, all made like, so much money. They did. Like they were all funny, why. and I don't know how that come back. It came back. No, didn't it come back? Like, what was the, there's a fourth one, right? Isn't it? No, there's not. If they're like, there's been a rumors or announced. No, like, hasn't been yeah, right, There's no, been what, a billion yeah. rumors about it because, but it's never happened. Um, yeah. Like I love, I've seen all the first, I've seen all three of them like so many yeah. times. Um, like there's every couple of years you'll get some like interview where Mike Myers gets asked about it and, and he'll give some non-committal answer, and then someone will write an article about it saying Mike Myers gives cryptic hint on. But yeah, these movies made five hundred million dollars profit, like budget combined budget, or is this just yeah the film series combined budget one hundred and twelve million dollars box office six hundred and seventy six. So, and I don't know. And it was set for Seth Green to be the new bad guy as well. Yeah. Man. Also, the second one has Heather Graham in it, so that wins. But Oh, the first one's got Liz Hurley in it. Oh, but she's also in the second one, technically. So, 
Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but he talks about every couple of years that he's going to look at looking to doing another one. It's like it's been happen. a long time now. It's probably not happening when he's like almost dead. That's what they'll do. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you know, Mighty Ducks three wasn't great. The second one's the best one. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think why they could third. Yeah, I think a lot of other ones that you think like they don't feel like full on trilogies when you think like good third movies in a series. You know, if Is you that, get me. What's the most like? like yeah. Like Austin Powers, for example, it doesn't feel like a trilogy because there wasn't really a start, middle, and an end. It feels like a series. It's just yeah, that's true. What's um, what's like the most iconic movie song, like theme song from a movie series? Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Because like every James Bond has a different one, but it's the main James Bond theme. The is that it? Because the Austin Powers song up there too as well. Oh, great answer. The Austin Powers song rules. It does. It does. Shout out my guy Quincy Jones. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're morons. The answer is obviously the Star Wars thing. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to. Yeah, because like it's Star Sorry. Wars, and I'm just over it at the moment. Not over it. I don't like that. Once again, we're back with the Last Jedi being in the news cycle, and people are trying to tell me it's good. It's like no, it was less shit than Episode Nine. That doesn't mean yeah. it was good. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he said modifying his questions. Okay, he said don't include movies that follow on from the last one. Genuine new plots with same characters. Yeah, so that's what, well, that's what Awesome Powers is one of those. Like, saying, Toy Story three, I'm Toy standing Story by three, it. Yeah. Then. yeah, yeah, and yeah, because so, Awesome Powers two kind of loosely follows on from the first one, but Toy Story Awesome Powers three is kind of its own thing. So. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that means you put all the lines to all those Marvel ones, for example. Yeah, they which I'm fine to do. What do you I think about Back to the Future three? By the way, uh, it's it's good, but Back to the Future two is the best one by yeah, a just mile. by a distance, not even close. Um, I don't understand Marvel people. <laughs> People still watching those movies somehow. I don't understand how anyone can consume so much content from one place about the same shit. I just, I'm not hating on it. Like, I'm not, like, if you want to go home and watch She Hulk and Loki and every other fucking bullshit show, more power to you. Like, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but I just do not understand that this, this, this thing, this behemoth that started in what? When did Iron Man 1 come out? Like, 2008? Like, thing that's just become this huge cultural behemoth that is barely 15 years old has more movies in it than like the entire james bond series does already and then there's on top of that a thousand tv shows now it's like i'm, I'm sure some of them are good though. people are like oh wandavision's great i'm like sure it is i just don't have the energy i, I do not well I, I, fatigue was always going to hit right people like i knew that they, they planned this this timeline forever but it's the same there's a reason why 80s action movies are called 80s action movies because we fucking loved them, and then people stopped going to them. Because you can't watch the same type of movie for a decade. But Marvel have planned out forever. It, people are fatigued. It's not just us saying They still that, make like, hundreds of millions of dollars, though. They do. They do, but they're not what they were. And they'll still get made, but it'll slow down, mate. Like, the, the gross of the last ones isn't really up there. It's you know, like, true. But if you're like, still... Like, even Morbius, which was a flop, right? That cost, like, $100 million, and they made, like, $170 million. So they still made money. No, well, they didn't know, right? They, when they put those costs, they don't include. That's true. I don't know. Generally, when they I didn't when see you make a movie, did, did like, you see that movie? No, I didn't. I've never. Into, I haven't seen. I've mean, gone to the cinemas. I went and saw um Spider Man Far From Home. Yeah, Spider Man's different story. Spider Man still yeah. rules. And before that, I thought I saw and uh, not Far From Home. Sorry, Spar No Way Home, isn't it? The last yep. one is Far From Home is the one before it. I, I like seeing yeah. Endgame. Then the first Spider Man. I liked Black Panther. But to say that I saw Black Panther, Iron Man again, Guardians of the Galaxy, and I didn't see like the next like six, <laughs> you know. 
and I haven't just, gone to the last. That's Thor. the thing, right? I haven't gone to Doctor Strange, the Eternals, yep. Shang Chi, Black I'll, Widow. I'll pop for a, a new uh, Avengers movie whenever one comes out, right? But when we went and saw Endgame, the whole time, me and Charlie, like, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Mm. Who's that guy? Like, mm. I had no idea who half the people were, and I don't care to learn, Mitchell. I don't care to learn. There are so many of these films now. Like, like let's pull up. Is the new Thor one out yet? Yeah, I didn't. Are you get in trouble it, for but... fat shaming people because Thor was fat or something. That's the only thing Maybe, I remember. But about that it. one, gro- that one grossed okay. But it's also getting to the point where those stories are getting like really deep into the comics as well. Like there's two Thor. Doctor now, Strange like. made a billion dollars. Did it? Yes. According to who? <laughs> Which did we do Doctor Strange or the, or the one? No, the one now? that came out this year. And Box office nine hundred and fifty-five yeah. million. Yeah, but you Budget, see, like, the two hundred big ones are going to still be made, right? Make a bit, which is yeah. Fine, Eternals more... only made four hundred million. Yes. It may, it, and it would have it made that's that's a loss right not a loss but, then but it's a it's a bad movie for them but it wasn't big, like okay so the only thing i knew about this venom movie was that it was awful and it made 500 million dollars yeah so this is my point like these things are never gonna end they will end i i mean like but like okay like for example okay john carter remember that movie yeah that movie made like 250 million like gross Sorry, net profit, and that was that was a failure. They didn't do another one. That's, That's not right. Were, that was going to be a whole series, wasn't it? Yeah, but like, because yeah. when they when they put the cost of a movie out, they really don't show you every cost. They don't show you the marketing budget, all that kind of shit. You get the cost of producing the movie, and then generally they add hundreds of other millions on top of it to distribute the movie. All those other costs, they're not in there. That's why. Well, I go, oh, it made this much. Didn't fucking really make that much. I just there's just but, so many of them. But yeah, that's the my bigger issue is I don't care if those movies get made. My bigger issue is that those getting made and that money is not being funneled down into other more unique projects. It's just going straight into the pocket for you know again Disney are going to do that forever. But there's so many like the the four million dollar budget movie right that doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't get made. You know those yeah. movies that like when Pulp Fiction happened, the odds of that being made now. Like near zero by a studio. That's true. Like so uh, many good movies from the eighties and nineties don't get made now because of what the budgets were. They don't do that. They want guarantee they want bigger money, guaranteed wins, guaranteed profits. There's so many of these. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. That's Iron Man came out in two thousand eight and they've just made a trillion movies since then. There's yeah. twenty eight of them apparently. And I don't even think this is a completely... It says this 28 on this Wikipedia page, but this doesn't have like Morbius on it, for example. I don't know if that's a Marvel movie. I think it is. I don't give a shit. Um, anyway, my point is, it's just like, when is it? when does it end? Like, yeah, it's hard to just like... There's a clip during the rounds from Matt Damon the other week, if you saw on Hot Ones, Hot which ones. was how like yeah, mid-range movies don't get issue. made yeah. anymore. I yeah. thought that was very interesting. Yeah. I mean that because I'm I've obviously been a film buff forever, and it's actually it sucks now, man. At the point now, like I've never really been a, a person who struggles to find new stuff on streaming services. Yeah, but I'm actually at the point now. It's like everything that because like, if it's a new movie, I want to see it in the cinema, right? Mm. If I've missed it, I'll catch it on streaming generally. But the all most of those director stream movies are fucking garbage, man. That aren't for me. They're the six out of tens that aren't that funny. Not for me. I don't watch any of them. You know, it's like this is, you know, there's a good stream movie. If it's a decent movie, you can go straight to stream. It takes over Twitter for a month because it's so rare. 
Yeah, well, like, um, like Uncut Gems, for example. Yeah, or know? I was gonna say Uncut Gems and Hustle are both great. Yeah, Hustle, that's great, great. But yeah, so that's that's it's, it's been a struggle. But I actually find myself now more than ever when I go to look for a movie to watch, I take forever. To find I will something. say, I I thought the Chip and Dale movie that came out recently on Disney Plus was pretty good. Oh, like anyway, that. that's all the question. I need to go pass out. <laughs> okay, sorry. We t- I watched right. Bruges for the first time last night. Never seen it. It's okay. Colin Loved Farrell. It. Loved it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's one of those movies I tried to watch like five times. I kept falling, like it wasn't its fault, but I put it on like midnight and I kept falling asleep. Ah, yeah, yeah. So it was like a movie that I'd seen the first half an hour for of, like 10 times, but only the ending once. <laughs> you know, I'm all in balance. Anyway, that's it. Let's get all out right. of here. All right, okay. Uh, and before we get out of here, a quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. If you would like to support us, please go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. You can subscribe for as little as. Two. I swear, the battery hasn't come in yet. We've ordered it. We've asked the store where it is. It's not here yet. It's yeah. coming. All right. I'm apo- I apologize to everyone. <laughs> and thank you to Bronco from Birth, Chris Savnell, Dave, Luke Hilton, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chewbacca, Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Jace Felix, Farnworth, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Joey, Gooch, Josh Brandon, Kicks Outs Out of the Comp, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Ferguson, Matty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, My Arms They Go, Flip Flop, Flip Flop, Flip, Never Trendy, Party Keg, Pete Fulcher, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Schneider Pilt Score, Seymour Butts, Shanta, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Stoned Gossard, Swarzy, Ty, TB, The Black Vegetable, The Not So Mature Student, The Titans Are Cuts and I Hate Them, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Woz. Thank you so much for your support. To everyone in lower tits and to everyone who's listens, thank you as well. Enjoy the last round of the regular season. We will be back to preview the finals next week. Uh, Percentage-wise, Mitchell, mm. Broncos' chances of being in said finals. Well, I don't Not want them in there anyway now, so Not what I I'm ready for the season then. Yeah, uh, 3%. Generous. All right. Yeah. Say goodbye. I mean, yeah, very generous. <laughs> yeah, see you guys. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from it. <laughs>